0: Thank you. Today is October the 20th. We're going to be reading Jeremiah 35 to 36, 32. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your power, your strength. Thank you for giving us the breath of life, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to come into your kingdom through your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Thank you, Lord, that we have entered through the cross the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ into your kingdom. We are living in your kingdom now. Paradise is now, and we're fully satisfied. Thank you, Lord, for supplying and restoring and recovering all the things that the canker worm, the pommel worm, all these worms, the woodworm they took. And thank you for the restoration, Lord God. Yes, Lord. We're living proof of your love and your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And today's start, uh, reading, I'll go ahead and start it. This is the message the Lord gave Jeremiah when Jehoiakim son of Josiah, was king of Judah. Go to the settlement where the families of the Rechabites live and invite them to the Lord's temple. Take them into one of the inner rooms and offer them some wine. <laughs> What's up with that? So I, w- <clears throat> I went to see Ja Sania, son of Jeremiah, and grandson of Habasiniah, and all his brothers and sons representing all the Re- Rechabites' families. I took them to the temple, and we went into the room assigned to the sons of Hanan, son of Igdaliah, a man of God. This room was located next to the one used by the temple officials, directly above the room of Maseiah, son of Shalom, the temple gatekeeper. I set cups and jugs of wine before them and invited them to have a drink, but they refused. No, they said. We don't drink wine because our ancestor Jehonadab, son of Rechab, gave us this command. You and your descendants must never drink wine and do not build houses or plant crops or vineyards, but always live in tents. If you follow these commands, you will live long, good lives in the land. So we have obeyed him in all these things. We have never had a drink of wine to this day, nor have our wives, our sons, or our daughters. We haven't built houses or owned vineyards or farms or planted crops. We have lived in tents and have fully obeyed all the commands of Jehonadab, our ancestor. But when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked this country, we were afraid of the Babylonians and Syrian armies, so we decided to move to Jerusalem. That is why we're here. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, says. Go and say to the people of Judah in Jerusalem, Come and learn a lesson about how to obey me. The Rechabites do not drink wine to this day because their ancestor Jehonadab told them not to do, not to. But I have spoken to you again and again, and you refuse to obey me. Time after time, I sent you prophets who told you, turn from your wicked ways and start doing things right. Stop worshiping other gods so that you might live in peace here in the land I have given to you and your ancestors but you will not listen to me or obey me. The descendants of Jehonadab, son of Rechab, have obeyed their ancestors completely, but you have refused to listen to me. Therefore, this is what the Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, Because you refuse to listen or answer when I call, I will send upon Judah and Jerusalem all the disasters I have threatened. Then Jeremiah turned to the Rechabites and said, This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. You have obeyed your ancestor Jehonadab in every respect, following all his instructions. Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army, the God of Israel, says. Jehonadab, son of Rechab, will always have descendants who serve me. During the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king of Judah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. Get a scroll and write down all my messages against Israel, Judah, and other nations. Begin with the first message back in the days of Josiah and write down every message right up to the present time. Perhaps the people of Judah will repent when they hear again all the terrible things I have planned for them. Then I will be able to forgive their sins and wrongdoings. So Jeremiah sent for Baruch, son of Neriah. And as Jeremiah dictated all the prophecies that the Lord had given him, Baruch wrote them down on a scroll. Then Jeremiah said to Baruch, Baruch, I am a prisoner here and unable to go to the temple. So you go to the temple on the next day of fasting and read the messages from the lord that i have had you write on this scroll read them so the people who are there from all over judah will hear them perhaps even yet they will turn from their evil ways and ask the lord's forgiveness before it is too late for the lord has threatened them with his terrible anger baruch did as jeremiah told him and read these messages from the lord to the people of the temple He did this on a day of sacred fasting hell in late autumn. During the fifth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, people from all over Judah had come to Jerusalem to attend the services of the temple on that day. Baruch read Jeremiah's words on the scroll to all the people. He stood in front of the temple room of Gemariah, son of Shaphan, the secretary. This room was just off the upper courtyard of the temple, near the new gate entrance. When Micaiah, son of Gemariah, and grandson of Shaphan heard the messages from the Lord, he went down to the secretary's room in the palace where the administrative officials were meeting. Elishama, the secretary, was there along with Deliah, son of Shemaiah, Elnathan, son of Akbor, Gemariah, son of Shaphan, Sedekiah, son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. When Micaiah told them about the message Baruch was reading to the people, the officials sent Jehudai, son of Nethaniah, grandson of Shalamiah, and great-grandson of Cushi, to ask Baruch to come and read the messages to them, too. So Baruch took the scroll and went to them. Sit down and read the scroll to us, the officials said. And Baruch did as they requested. When they heard all the messages, they looked at one another in alarm. We must tell the king what he had heard, they said to Baruch. But first, tell us how you got these messages. Did they come directly from Jeremiah? So Baruch explained, Jeremiah dictated them, and I wrote them down in ink, word for word, in this scroll. You and Jeremiah should both hide, the officials told Baruch. Don't tell anyone where you are, then the officials left the scroll for safekeeping in the room Eliashamah, the secretary, and went to tell the king what had happened. The king sent for Jehudai to get the scroll. Jehudah brought it from Eliasham's room and read it to the king as all his officials stood by. It was late autumn and the king was in a winterized part of the palace sitting in front of a fire to keep warm. Each time Jehudai finished reading three or four columns, the king took a knife and cut off the section of the scroll. He then threw it into the fire, section by section, until the whole scroll was burned up. Neither the king nor his attendants showed any signs of fear or repentance of what they heard. Even when El-Nathan, Delilah, and Germariah begged the king not to burn the scroll, he wouldn't listen. Then the king commanded his son jeremiah uh, Sariah, son of azurel and Shelemiah, son of abdiel to arrest baruch and jeremiah but the lord had hidden them after the king had burned the scroll on which baruch had written jeremiah's words the lord gave jeremiah another message he said get another scroll and write everything again just as you did on the scroll king jehoiakim burn then say to the king This is what the Lord says. You burned the scroll because it said the king of Babylon would destroy this land and empty it of people and animals. Now, this is what the Lord says about King Jehoiakim of Judah. He will have no heirs to sit on the throne of David. His dead body will be thrown out to lie unburied, exposed to the heat of the sun and the frost of the night. I will punish him and his family and his attendants for their sins. I will pour out on them, on all people of Jerusalem and Judah, all the disasters I promised, for they would not listen to my warnings. So Jeremiah took another scroll and dictated again to his secretary, Baruch. He wrote everything that had been on the scroll King Jehoiakim had burned in the fire. Only this time he added much more. In today's study on Jeremiah 35, 1 through 19, The Rechabites' obedience to their ancestors contrasted sharply with the Israelites' rebellion against the Lord their God. For 200 years, the descendants of Jehonadab had obeyed their ancestors' vow to abstain from wine. These people were steadfast in their commitment while the rest of the nation was breaking its covenant with God. God wanted the rest of His people to remain as committed to their covenant with Him as the Rechabites were to their vow. The people of Israel should have been even more willing to listen to the Lord and obey Him, for the Lord is far greater than Jehonadab. We often are willing to follow the rules that have been put in place for us in our families, at school, at work, but how much more should we obey God, who is eternal? Each of us who has a Bible can know what God's will is in all kinds of situations. We should be faithful to the instructions we have been given, like the Rechabites, but we should be able, we should be all the more faithful to the instructions God has given us in his word. Amen and amen. Amen. What do you think, honey?
1: Well, yeah, that was exactly the first thing that I picked up is, hey, they're not drinking. The Lord said, go there, take them here, and let them have some wine. Okay, but then they're like, no, no, no. We, you know, we're obeying our ancestors, and we've never had the, the wine. we never built our own homes. We've never, I mean, it just was very clear at the beginning there that they were obeying. They didn't know how to obey God or whatever, maybe, right? I mean, but it's, that's the first thing I thought that, that wasn't going to make the Lord happy is, you're listening to this guy over here, what about me? You know how you know what about my dec- decrees? Yeah, and stuff. You're putting. It's like you're putting um, a person ahead of God. Now, how many times have we done that? We've done that. I've done that. I've made that mistake, and um, it definitely caused me to to delay. You know, in getting to where I'm going in my destiny. That's what I feel that that did. For many years, you know I was trying to operate on what I wanted, and that was not God's will for my life and so um, I ended up being very unhappy very unhappy depressed almost in a big beautiful house Morgan Hill great job you know very stressful but um, but really not hearing God and anyway when when he changed and shook my life a bit, then I began to turn my my eyes on him what does he want now okay maybe you don't want me working in the silicon valley anymore and maybe you just want me to to seek you so i began to do that and when i did that i found him you know the book of jeremiah says seek me with all your heart and you will find me and um but you know, if this is this is a word for today that we you know we put others in front, we should be consulting with the Lord on the direction we're going. You know, and what, you know, it, I I I kind of now practice that on a on a daily basis, whether it's a small thing or a big thing. You know, whether I have to travel, I ask him, he lets me know. You know, it's time to go now, or you know, not yet, or you know, just. Anyway, it's fabulous how the Lord is available to us, but we don't obey what He's telling us to do.
0: Amen. Maybe, maybe you maybe. know, the, life is just as simple as uh, a tree. When you put a tree, when you give it some kind of mineral, it will show up on the leaves. You know, if you give it the, the good, the water, the good soil, and the good fertilizer, uh, and you take care of a, a plant, but if you, let's say, for instance, you put salt on it or some kind of sin that doesn't belong there the plant will show and this this jehoiakim Mm -hmm. refused to listen to jeremiah saying even uh, he become proud and tried to not listen to what the holy spirit or what the common sense was saying about you know we should honor god for the good things he's given us Mm -hmm. so jehoiakim refused to listen to jeremiah's predictions of coming destruction He preferred the comforting lies of the false prophets to the terrifying truth of God's prophets. He tried to deny his sin of their consequences by ignoring them. He even burned the scroll on which Jeremiah had written the Lord's message. We must face the truth about our actions and circumstances if we hope to overcome them. Denial can never solve our problems. It only compounds them. As these false prophets in our lives calling us away, Uh, Let's see, Um, if we hope to overcome, the denial can never solve our problems if only compounds them. Are these false prophets in our lives calling us away from the truth? Are we denying our own dependencies? Only by admitting our dependencies can we hope to deal with them. Amen. Uh, You know, this is a fascinating story about the family and the faithfulness obeyed, the direction set by their ancestors choosing to submit to a program that fosters his physical social and spiritual well-being god held up this family as an example for the people of judah he longed for his people to obey his will just as the record adhere here to the instructions of their leaders trusting god and obeying his will for our lives is the only true path to recovery trusting god and obeying his will for our lives is the only true path to god's love you know, through the obedience, and we get love as a reward. Amen. And that's all I got to say about that, honey. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically he said, you know, if they will repent, I, I'll i forgive their sins and their wrongdoings. You know, do this. And I, I love how God, I don't know if God told yeah. me to write everything down. He said from here to there, I would... I would find a way to do it, I think, like Jeremiah did, but that's probably a lot of stuff he had to write down. Well,
0: we've been reading it, and we've seen how many year after year after year. Right, you're
1: handwriting it. I mean, you have no smart tablet to do this and type it up, you know?
0: They wrote it And
1: recordings to transcribe. You don't have any assistance, administrative assistance. So I just find it. you know, God is... Jeremiah is a very obedient prophet.
0: Amen. Then Baruch, Baruch, he was a a proficient, skilled writer.
1: Yeah.
0: And very loyal. And it's amazing how God hid them both. Yes, I love that part. And how the officials, tender hearts, considered it. Hey, man, I thought they were going to put Baruch in jail when they heard it. Yeah. When the officials did, but their hearts were open and tender. Yeah, they were alarmed rest, by the Let's take this to the yeah. king. Yeah. And I'm thinking, boy, that scroll can become into a book, but it never, <clears throat> never made it to us, but Jeremiah wrote another one, and here we have it. <clears throat> wow. So God hid both of them, so they must have took them out of jail and hid them from the king. That's what the righteousness of the men did. They hit yeah, Baruch and right. Jeremiah all over. It took them away from that.
1: Yeah, thing. that's incredible.
0: Because <clears throat> they knew what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, they knew. They knew that. Um, so that's, you know, that's God. I, you know, if you, one thing is, if you're obeying God, you don't need to be afraid. He's got your back. And, um, that's what he did in his case. He, I mean, Jeremiah is in a tough spot. He's got to live, deliver this word they burned up the scrolls and he, he wrote much more even after that. So anyways, very interesting stuff. I'm like, wow, Lord, I help me to obey you God, you know, help me be better at obedience.
0: Amen. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We're going to move on to uh, first Timothy reading five. the New Testament, mm-hmm. and Anna, it's next.
1: Okay, First Timothy five one to twenty five, does <clears throat> never speak harshly to an older
0: man. Oh oh, say, <laughs> honey, you better watch I your see, tongue.
1: Well, my with my dad. Oh oh, <laughs> but appeal to him respectfully as you would do your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to take care of her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God, okay? Now, a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for his help. But the widow, who lives only for pleasure, is spiritually dead even while she lives.
0: Wow, God. It's our job to distinguish the both and help the ones that's praying day and night for God's help. You know, do something. Identify them by their actions. Give
1: these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. But those who, who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Wow, Lord. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who's at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. Wow. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? The younger widows should not should not be on the list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ, and they will want to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. And if they're on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business and talking about things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them, for I'm afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it's confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those who should who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others. I saw. Sol- sol- I solemnly command you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the highest angels to obey these instructions without taking sides or showing favoritism to anyone. Never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach. Because you are sick so often. Remember the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious. And the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. Wow, Lord, what an interesting
0: chapter. Timothy. <clears throat> Amen. Let me read the uh, commentary of the New Living Translation. The Recovery Bible says Paul called Timothy to confront his fellow church leaders who were living sinful lives by controlling them about their failures. Confronting them, excuse me, about their failures. Timothy would save them from the consequences that continued disobedience would bring them on Judgment Day. This advised to confront wrongdoers is a call to tough love. Sometimes we must do the same for the people we love. As we notice the growing power of people's addictive behaviors, we can say something before they hit bottom. In doing so, we will give them the opportunity to admit their helplessness and receive God's transforming help. It's amazing how, you know, when you walk into the store and a clerk greets you, is more likely the statistics are that the person will be aware that 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 their their presence is acknowledged and they won't steal something you know it's proven that's why when you walk in and people greet you right away is the fact is is that you'll be more conscious that you're there but left to your own devices and given an opportunity to do wrong uh, the, the person most likely will you know addicted behaviors and the next uh, the next, uh, the study, the church took care of his widows, who in turn gave valuable service to the church, mm. praying at night, advice, advice to the younger girls. Mm. You know, you can just tell they were on fire for what the cause was. You know, mm. salvation of others mm. and stuff, bringing food to the church, being helpful. Then in turn, the other members can be, you know, be help take turns helping the widow. You know. Going up there, and say, "What can we do for you? Your porch needs help." This is done millions of times right now. These instructions, you know, are being done, and we can adopt. We had adopted a widow. Remember,
1: Gracie? Yeah,
0: the plucked like a chicken. We yeah. used to call her. She said, "the the the, yeah, the, miss the doctors are plucking her like a chicken." She said. <laughs> she was a blast. We she saw. Was,
1: she was fun, and she really often spoke prophetically she you.
0: her husband lost uh, had some six and a half foot man lost uh, the use of his legs and she's she's five five you know and very and tiny girl and she said when she lost her husband the first thing she missed was having conversations with him about some mishap up in the garden or something you know she', she just come in and she was alone so she would call us and one time when her husband's alive she called me and she says, i said i didn't want to call the fire department so i'm calling you he goes i was trying to bring him into because he was able to get off the 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 wheelchair and climb up the steps when he would go outside you know but this time he fell and he was lying down there so she called me up and it was just a little spooky i get in the car and i go to her house and, and i and i don't see the guy the six foot guy i don't see him i see the chair I see her sitting on the chair, and she's got her head up to the sky with her mouth open. And I'm thinking, what is going on? It sounds like maybe it was spooky. Yeah. And then she she did this deal. You know that kind of creepy thing, turning her head towards me. Uh huh. And I still didn't see this guy. I said, "Wow, this life is interesting." Yeah. I get off, and the reason I didn't see him, get this. It's cause he was he was hunched like the baby position, the fetal yeah. position. Uh-huh. The six and a half foot man, I couldn't see him. He was scrolled like oh. a, like a little, you know, little, yeah. uh, roly okay. polies. Uh huh. And she tells me, I was looking up between the trees. So when I go to heaven, I'm gonna go right through the trees, right up. <laughs> <laughs> That was my experience with them. Yeah, I
1: love it. And, and
0: we were able to get that two hundred pound guy, me and her, she was holding the chair, wow. get him up and my back was you remember I was Wow. And I just got him on my knees here and then flipped this button, and <laughs> pushed him into the chair and he was he was alive. Yeah.
1: But he wasn't alive. It's still a lot to try to pick somebody up from the floor like Once that. Once we
0: got him on the chair and so forth, we were able to, to, to uh position him where he can hold on to the rails and and go up because his back didn't hold anything thank you very much for that and continuing with uh, october the 20th 365 bible new living testament from the beginning the church took care of its widows who in turn gave valuable service to the church because there were no pensions no social security no life insurance and few honorable jobs for women Widows were usually unable to support themselves. A widow who had no children or other family members to support her was doomed to poverty. The church has always had limited resources and has always had to balance financial responsibility with generosity. Members should work hard to adequately care for themselves and for other less fortunate. Often families who are caring for their own helpless members have heavy burdens they may need extra money a listening ear a helping hand or a word of encouragement the church should also assist those who have no families and should help members struggling with emotional and spiritual needs and addictions those who are helped often turn around and help others turning the church into a more of a caring community when a church member are both responsible for and generous everyone needs will be met if there's someone who comes to your mind who needs support consider starting by a simple having a conversation with them starting by a simple conversation amen and i have somebody in mind a single guy that that needs a place to live and things are not working out for him all right let's go ahead and uh Is there anything else you want to say about this?
1: Well, I just want to say that the instructions that they're given for the widows here, um, it's just amazing how every every well-thought-out detail has been spelled out. It says, if that widow has a family, that family should be taking care of the widow. And unless she has no children and she's older, you know, she's not going to have what she needs in order. She needs help, in other words. Whether taking her to the pharmacy to pick up her medicines, doing those things. Like, you do Joanne a lot. Even though she does have family, you still go out of your way to help her, call her, encourage her. You're like more like family to her than her own family, you know? And she does need help. And so um, it's just amazing how it, it tells you, like, you know, if your parents need help, you know... Um, you know, we got to help them. You know, uh, it's a repayment to the parents by taking care of them. Okay, this is, it says here, this is something that pleases God. Okay, um, so it's important. I know you were taking care of your mom when she needed help too. You and Eva, you know, were and, and Yolanda. So anyway, it, it's just amazing to me how this stuff is spelled out as like a way to... Instruct somebody if you are a believer you you know, you have an obligation to do that
0: You know, it's really interesting. You said that you reminded me that I had a dream Of my relatives in Mexico mm-hmm. That said that they came on Facebook and I accepted it and then I seen them all sitting in places and I said when are you coming? And I'll bet mm-hmm. you there's a widow that we can take care of over there. That's mm-hmm. doing all that qualifies
1: Yeah, definitely. I had
0: a widow before somebody that we know that used to say, I'm a widow. But I was out there dancing. (laughs) The widow was out there dancing and everything. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, she met somebody, you know, and the widow is now married, but...
1: It says the widow needs to be at least sixty years old because the younger widow will still be out wanting to get married again, so like that's that's what I'm talking about. The instruction here is pretty pretty detailed, uh-huh. and you know it's just kind of the book allows these things in these times for for this day such such as these days that are happening that we can apply it to our lives right i mean. I kind of got great pleasure by this because I felt, well, I'm doing this, Lord. And it says there, it greatly, it, something that pleases the Lord. Okay. Amen.
0: Well, it changes the atmosphere too yeah. when the person prays for people and, and everything. It's uh-huh. just, you're going, we are going with the procession of the victorious church of God, right. victoriously going forward. Problems are a way of life, but we problems are our opportunity to thank right. God and overcome them. You know, right. to be good, right. good and, at it. And, and what's
1: know? what's good is my actions that I, when I'm there, taking care of business, taking care of the administrative things, taking care of your the cleanliness. Parents. We're talking about my parents, your parents. yeah, uh, cooking for them. Ask them, cater. I'm, I'm a caterer to them. <laughs> I'm a But others are seeing me in action. Now others can see what it's like to take care of, you know. Hey, that's the right way to go, you know. And if they didn't have an inkling like that in their mind, they do now. Because I'm a detail-focused person and I will, I manage their money like it was my money. You, know, you not-
0: know, the beautiful thing about it is that we have prayed for help. And the help came from another state. Mm-hmm. And the help was, uh, is this God or is this, you know, going to go through another tribulation? And even though we went through some tribulations Tribulation. and so forth, it, it, it had, because of the peripheral vision of the people watching someone yeah. do it automatically, then they uh-huh. the subconscious mind will consider yeah. it, the imagination consider it, and when the, when the shoe is on there, when the ball's on their court, yeah. they act accordingly. and it's the best thing to do uh, is for rough people to be in. Yeah. In service. Right. They right. know how to execute. Right. They're, and they're not, you know, they're not with oh poor me or oh, poor yeah, that right. Mm. They're just very good, accurate workers and so forth. And all they needed was shown mercy, right, love mm. and how to do it. Right. Show people how to do right. it. Don't yell at them and try to die. Yeah. Just be a you know. I learned to move trailers by fueling at night. I was fueling trucks and I was seeing this guy move trailers. You know, and I had a class one, and I never moved trailers from Rouse Grocery at an incredible speed. This guy was so proficient, and I used to be proficient in moving trailers. When I came back and worked for the company, I already subconsciously, in the blueprint, I started moving trailers like a madman, and, and I had a great enjoyment, you know, very skillfully back it in both sides, you know, within seconds, a trailer. I took to take pride in it until I dropped the trailer. And then I slowed down. Right.
1: So anyway, that's it's been a good, it, like you said, it's changed people just by the actions, my sure actions. I'm there for a purpose. And mercy
0: it. on our part. Seems yeah. to be like God gives us mercy till we when we learn. Right. Yeah. How many times do we have to learn? So it's best to understand that uh, God answers prayer. Right. We pray. We, do, we are supposed to be believers. Yeah. We're supposed to believe that that person that has been drinking all their life can change. That's yes. the hardest thing to believe when right. you grow up with somebody right. and they're set in their ways. And yeah. you say, now we're the same thing. Who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe the word of God? Or right. we are going to believe our emotions that say, well, he's always like that. He's right. always been like that. He's right. never going to get it. Right. So that's why we have to pray that God will bring other relatives yeah. to to jumpstart the problem yeah. it, and, and keep praising God and thanking God yeah. and not giving up. Right. I'm praying right. for my brother. I'm yes. praying for my sister. Me too. In Jesus' name that they will carry the torch of being in the programs. Yes. We need literature. We need programs. We need yeah association and and group up with others that we're going to go this way we're going to go through the way the truth and the life we're going to go through the hard way Uh Uh (laughs) all right go ahead let's finish up our reading let's go
1: ahead and go to psalm 89 14 to 37 is there
0: a prayer there baby
1: Uh, it says thank god for his righteousness justice love and faithfulness to his promises lord we can't thank you enough for your you have made us righteous, Lord. You're a God of justice. You, you love us. Uh, you love mercy. And you're always faithful to the promises in your word, Lord. You always come through. And we just want to thank you for that and honor you and worship you, Father God. Because we can't do this journey down here on our own. But with you, we can do all things through Jesus. Amen. Psalm 89, 14 to 37. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. For they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness. You are the glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Yes, our protection comes from the Lord. Yes. And he, the Holy One of Israel, has given us our king. Long ago, you spoke in a vision to your faithful people. You said, I have raised up a warrior. I have selected him from the common people to be king. I have found my servant David. I have anointed him with my holy oil. I will steady him with my hand. With my powerful arm, I will make him strong. His enemies will not defeat him. Nor will the wicked overpower him. I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him. And by my authority he will grow in power. I will extend his rule over the sea, his dominion over the rivers. And he will call out to me, you are my father, my God and my, the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn son, the mightiest king on earth. I will love him and be kind to him forever. My covenant with him will never end. I will preserve an heir for him. His throne will be as endless as the days of heaven. But if his descendants forsake my instructions and uh, fail to obey my regulations, if they do not obey my decrees and fail to keep my commands, then I will punish their sin with the rod and their disobedience with the beating. But I will never stop loving him nor fail to keep my promise to him nor I will not break my covenant I will not take back a single word I said I have sworn an oath to David and in my holiness I cannot lie his dynasty will go on forever his kingdom will endure as the sun it will be as eternal as the moon my faithful witness in the sky amen
0: amen i have something to say about that well i don't the new living testament the recovery bible says god created and sustains everything that exists he is extremely powerful and he displays righteousness truth justice and unfailing love when we are powerless it only makes sense to turn to god he has the power we need to overcome our dependencies as we remain close to him and do his will we will experience deliverance and discover true freedom. Amen. And one of the ways we can do it with the okay prayer, do it, acknowledge God. Okay, God. Okay, Lord. I am powerless over this situation, and I accepted that. I said, now what are we going to do about it? I thank you for that. It's eating my lunch. Amen.
1: <laughs> now what are we going to do, do, yeah, do about it? not what I am going to do about it.
0: You know, well, actually, what is I am going to do about it? It's... it's uh, So God goes to work. He gives us his pre-sense. He gives us his sensibility, his common sense, his pre-sense goes with us. Pre-sense. That's what pre-sense is. He he goes before us. We have just acknowledged God, and then we're being rewarded. Amen.
1: Yeah, it's a really good psalm. I mean, it's reading the words. It just, uh, you know, it says here, it pleases you to make us strong. Okay, now that's great because you may not think you're strong, but he wants you strong as you go through something. He wants to to develop you in that area because there's there's other things that may come along down the road. You're gonna need that strength, or you can testify to someone who's gonna need it as well because you've been through it. So um, there's just a lot of good good things here is is how he's he's got a family love and his truth walk before as attendance so when i think about that i see somebody walking ahead I mean, they're like his entourage or whatever going before so it's a, a really nice to to, to read that and yeah, so this is a great psalm must be meditated on cuz there's a lot here.
0: All right, I'd like to discuss a little bit about our next reading uh, on Proverbs, be... please. Yeah. Go ahead, read
1: that. Uh, good news. Okay, Proverbs 25:25 25, 25 to set 27. It says good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. Wow, that's a wonderful. We
0: hope that this good news hits the, the people that are working that are dealing with children or yeah. family uh, problems. They can hear this. And get, it gets good water. So we bless those people. Yeah. It may be us in the future. We can always listen to our recordings.
1: Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's when you, you have the good news. You know, and you're thirsty. Because Jesus said, I'll be your living water. Take a big Thirsty drink of that living water and see your soul and spirit just rise up and and being able to persevere through whatever you're going through. We must drink from Jesus' water. Amen. Never be thirsty again, the scripture says.
0: The good news is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. life. And the good news is that we can access that by by saying, I thank you, God, I'm a misfit. I thank you, God, I messed up i thank you god i need help
1: i thank you god for my finances just the way they are because i know god you're my supply and you said you would provide for me amen jesus said
0: jesus said whatever you put in my hands i will fix and it'll never be a problem again the fact is we need to let it go by accepting that we're not god we've been playing god too long Mm -hmm. and we need to let go and put things on God, so we can know that we had a mighty mighty god that will go out there what happens if we don't do that if we hang on to our own ideas and using a credit card or or you know relying on the government or something and not relying on god what happens what's the next verse
1: next verse said if the godly give into the wicked it's like polluting a fountain or mudding a spring
0: if we give in you know god has his ways of economy mm-hmm. and how to deal with with problems if we don't deal with by thanking god for our sins which people, 50% of people can't do, then when the problem is with another problem, you're going to go deeper in that way because you have not learned to let it go. And So the good news is that we can thank God for a bad situation yeah. and God is strong enough to scoop it out, to scoop that junk out of your life. If you thank him for it, now it becomes fertilizer and he can use it to grow you a garden. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful, good news. That's the good news, folks, that we can give, as Billy Graham said, come as you are. Amen. Give your life to God uh, as it is. Your finances, your all your wrongs. If you, if you murder somebody, it, all the way down to taking flowers or things from somebody else, you just thank God for the problem and see God working. That's becoming vulnerable, humble. And obedient to what yeah. God's word says. Give thanks for all things. For this is the will, the new life in you, in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus yeah. You have an administrator. You have a counselor. You have an advocate. Yes. You have a lawyer, Jesus, that's before yes. the Father pleading your cause. Right. But he needs he needs for you to give him the cause into his hands. Right. Amen. Here's my messed up life, dude. God. all right (laughs) okay
1: all right it says uh, it's not good to eat too much honey and it's not good to seek honors for yourself
0: now you explain that one to me
1: well um, it's not good to eat too much honey
0: and I like the way you say too much honey because you know if you do something good say for instance you started a classroom and people people are really getting uh, benefit out of it and it was your your idea's Actually, you know, the reason you, I want to repeat it is because I want other people to repeat it in their lives. I heard someone say they started classes here and there, and it's a cognitive, people are studying it. To this day, 10 years later, and he wasn't boasting. He was saying, it is not good to eat too much honey. That's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. It's not you know He wasn't boasting about it. He was just mentioning it in a proper way. Uh, about the good deeds we do.
1: Oh, okay. I was trying to tie that together. Yeah, the good deeds we do. Yeah.
0: It is not good to seek honors for yourself. Right. So, you know, you can go radically wrong.
1: Yeah. um,
0: In other words, don't praise yourself. Let other people do it. Yes, amen. Don't talk about your accomplishments. You know, you can touch lightly on them. Yes. You know, as to, as to encourage others to do the same. Amen?
1: Amen, amen.
0: Hey, uh, honey, we need some honey.
1: Okay, um, yeah, because Winnie the Pooh ate too much honey. Remember what happened to him? He couldn't get out of the hole. <laughs> 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 That's extra. Okay, uh, yeah, so not good to keep the spotlight on yourself when your God is the one equipping you and giving you the grace to do it. we got to give him some credit. You know, we got to give him the credit. Um, and he'll, he he loves to have that glory, but the glory is on you, and that's how the people will see it anyway, right? You don't have to glorify yourself. God will glorify you for yourself.
0: We have to remember that. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Give them heaven. Thank you. Consider these experiences. We have come through our lives that, that they are enjoyable to you. May the blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Go in peace. You have heard the words of the Lord. Amen.